It is a wonderful occasion this Sabbath when we can celebrate Mother's Day. I was afraid George is going to say too much. <laughs> and uh, thank you, George, for your help. Thank you. Um, it is a um, wonderful occasion when we can celebrate our mothers, we can celebrate mothers, grandmothers, future mothers, and um, is uh, a occasion when uh, we can approach a subject what, uh, which is only once in a year and is too little. It is a great occasion to meditate, to talk. It is a great occasion that is a Christian duty to reflect on this subject, mothers to appreciate them, to love them, to respect them. But before I start with the sermon, let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we want to ask you to come through your Holy Spirit, prepare our words, prepare my words, prepare my lips, and let your word shine through your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. The title of uh, today's sermon, What It Takes to Be a Mother. What It Takes to Be a Mother. A few minutes ago, I spoke with a sister, and uh, Sister Florine said, what this young man can talk about motherhood? What he can say, what it takes to be a mother. He has slight idea and she is right. Florine is right. It's different to be in the trenches with a soldier, and it's different to look at it and to say, wow, it's not so easy over there. The same thing with the motherhood. We cannot understand, we cannot approach, we cannot get deep and deep into the subject. What we can do, we can try to understand. And this is what uh, I tried now, this morning, and apologize from the mothers and grandmothers. If I won't be able to touch that, that tone to say everything about the motherhood, to say everything about the mother's love, because we can't. I was mentioning to the sister that God's love for a eternity, we are going to learn about it. We are going to see and trying to understand what it means, God's love. And in the same way, is the same thing we cannot understand, mother's love. We can see it, we can feel it, we can see the sacrifice, we can see what a mother's love does for her child, but we cannot explain it. Uh, I like the Bible verse, and uh, I um, read it in 
a different translation, the youth translation, where it says, as a mother comforts her child, so I will comfort you. As a mother comforts. And mothers and grandmothers, and I see the smile on your faces. As you try to comfort your child, when the child is in problem, in different uh, situations, this is how our Heavenly Father tried to comfort, comfort us. He tried to give us that assurance of deep love in our life. And that is wonderful. So at the same time, we are studying now God's love, and we are studying mother's love in parallel. And let's follow how beautifully these two, they are joining together. Uh, in 1914, President Woodrow Wilson officially established, in 1914, that the second Sunday in May will be for celebration for the mothers. First official celebration of the Mother's Day, it was in a church. The first one. And it's very important for us to know how uh, God is uh, valuing the mothers, valuing their sacrifice. And in the church was the first celebration. Glory to God. Uh, thanks to this um, occasion, every year we have the opportunity to do something special to our mothers, to do something special for mothers and for grandmothers, to appreciate them and to love them more and more. You know why? Because I think mothers are some of the most underappreciated people in the world. We are taking for granted everything what they are doing. And let's just try to do 1% what they are doing. In Mother's Day, I like to remind everyone about the huge sacrifice our mothers did. How they loved us, how they cared for us, how they nurtured us day and night, how they gave themselves up to our well-being. I will never forget. This is something personal, but I have to share with you. With our third child, what I saw in my wife, that sacrifice, that readiness, it was 3 o'clock in the morning. And I woke up like four or five times already. And I tried to help my wife, somehow. But after like four and fifth times, I was so tired. And I said, Clara, I'm going to give up. And you know what was my huge surprise? With no complaints on her face. With no murmur of why I have to do it. She woke up, she did it, and it was 5.30 in the morning. With no sleep. And she did everything what I was not able to do. And I'm asking, who gave her this love, this power? And we have 
young mothers. We have very young mothers among us. And what they are doing is something which is above our comprehension. Uh, the Webster Dictionary is saying that a mother is a selfless, loving human who must sacrifice many of her wants and needs for the wants and needs of her children. A mother works hard to make sure that her child is equipped with the knowledge, skills, and abilities to make it as a competent human being. This is the Webster's Dictionary. As we look at the humanity across, there is a real-life superhero among us who does come to rescue at the nick of time. Mothers always, they are there. Mothers always, they are ready. And I'm talking about the good mothers. And unfortunately, in this world, we have, and even in the Bible, we have occasions when we can see not very good mothers, and we are, we are going to mention some of them. But the mothers always, they are ready to be there. When we are feeling insecure about ourselves, about the situation, when we are not sure what to do, when we feel unwanted or rejected or whatever it happens in our lives, whom we call first, where we are going first, our mothers. Happy of those who still have mothers, happy. And I encourage all those young adults who still have mothers next to them to appreciate them and to love them deeply. The proverbial first word of an intern, infant after uh, sounds like ma or mama, the strong association of that sound has persisted in nearly every single language on earth. Let's give some examples. Mom in United States. Mom in United Kingdom. Mom in Netherlands. I hope I say it well. Mama in Indian language or mama in Romanian, mama in Russian, mama even in Chinese, and mama in Hungarian. Same letters association, mother. When an athlete reaches the finish line, no matter how fast, how good, how tall, how whatever they finished, and they are looking in the reporter's eyes, and when we see them, what they are saying first. Hi, mom. <laughs> no matter how good they are, or what they achieved, this is first word, hi, mom. The reality is that when you really think it through, many mothers work as many as 90 hours a week. They work day and night, continuously. Their job description defies logic. Miles and miles of taxi service without getting paid a fee. 
tears of joy at graduation, whether it's a kindergarten class or elementary class or middle school or high school, college, PhD, doctorate, moms, they are there. And they have tears of joy for their child's accomplishment. Please don't forget these five D characteristics of a mother. And now you are wondering what, what I'm talking about. Just follow me. 5D, dishes, diapers, drama, duties, and discipline. Short description of a mother's character. But she's doing it perfectly. All this selflessly performed by the person who we affectionately call mothers. Somebody eloquently put it like this, and please follow me for this quotation. Someone prayed to God saying, I need someone who can shape a soul and find shoes on Saturday morning and get grass stains out of pants and t-shirts. Someone with a heart strong enough for toddler's tantrums, teenage testing, yet broken enough to fall on her knees and pray and pray and pray. So God answered by making a mother. Life didn't come with a manual. This life on earth did not come with a manual. It came with a mother. How important is for us to see it, to feel it, to realize what the mothers they are doing? We cannot comprehend. Is, uh, it is often said that behind every great man, it is a great woman. We can see this on uh, Abraham Lincoln, the 16th president of the United States. You know what he said? He said that uh, no one is poor who has a godly mother. I remember my mother's prayers, said, uh, said the president, they always followed me all the day of my life. They always clenched to my life, my mother's prayer. And he was praying, God, give your nation and give your church godly mothers. Wonderful words. Why is necessary this? He put the question. And look the answer what he said. Because you cannot pass on to others what you don't have. You cannot pass to the others love what you don't have. And this is somebody who said it. This saying points to the double, wider role wives plays in the success of their husbands and the molding influence mothers have in their children's future lives. 
It is noteworthy that the history of the kings of Israel and Judah, the name of each king's mothers is mentioned in the Bible. Just follow the kings, and you see whose mother was, son of whose, and all the genealogy. Some of the genealogy, but the mothers always they are mentioned. And uh, this is because for the praise of the good mothers who raise kings, godly kings, or for the shame of those mothers who felt in their role of bringing up godly kings. It is very significant that the scripture gives us the mother's name of great spiritual leaders, as Moses' mother, Samuel, Jesus, John the Baptist, and Timothy. Yes, their mothers made significant contribution to the success of their ministry. While Michelangelo worked with a hammer and a chisel to sculpt an imaginary Moses out of a marble, Jacobet worked with devotion, with love and faith to mold the character of her son, Moses. Because she did the most important in Moses' life. It was Jacobet's early influence that enabled Moses later in life to choose as we read in Hebrew, chapter 11, verse 25, rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. A woman's sacred calling to motherhood arises from two unique powers that God has granted to every mother. The first is a bi biological power, and the second is a spiritual or moral power. Let's look at both of them a little bit more with a magnifying glass. The biological power. God has equipped every woman with the marvelous and miraculous capacity to conceive and to nourish human life in her womb. To a Christian, the woman's biological capacity to conceive and bear a, bear a child is a special divine endowment. Just look at Psalm 139, verse 14. Psalm 139, verse 14 is saying, <clears throat> I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy words. The Psalms describes how wonderfully God created the woman, the man. How wonderful, how fearfully and marvelous God created a mother who can be like a miniature next to God. Yes, we are not exaggerating. This is the truth. Since life is sacred, 
a sacred gift from God, a mother who brings a new life into this world is fulfilling a most sacred calling of God. Most sacred calling. It's a secret blessing that enables every woman to imitate the great creator of the universe in bringing new human creatures into existence. In Adventist home, E.G. White rightly knows the following. The mother's creating power is the strongest known power on earth. The spirit of prophecy puts it right. Short sentence. The mother's creating power is the strongest known power on earth. Let's talk about the spiritual power, what every single mother has. So it has a biological power. Let's see the spiritual power. God gave every woman who becomes a mother a unique power to mold her children's character and moral for time and eternity. Fantastic. Practically, all of us have first learned about love, about honesty, about the integrity, faith in God. Through whom? Through our mothers. I just mentioned to our sister that my dearest and most loving memories with my mother. When I was a child, coming into the church, sitting into the pew, next to my mom, holding her arm, and singing songs of glory to God. And that stays with me all the day of my life, until now. Who made this impact in my life? Why I'm here today? Belong because God gave my mother that love, molding a character to form it for eternity. And I, would be ne I won't be never ever thinking enough if I would have possibility what God gave me through my mother. A mother has the molding power of her children's characters that they might be fitted for the higher immortal life. An angel could not ask for a higher mission. For in doing this work, she is doing a service for God. Adventist home, spirit of prophecy. No higher work what a mother can do than to mold her child's character. What we can do, nothing, but a mother can mold her child's character. She got that spiritual power from God. We have to hold her arm. We have to help her as much as we can. And I can tell you from my personal experience that whatever we achieved in this life is because of my mom, the Holy Spirit working through her, and what I can see, my wife, she was doing for our children. And see, still, she is working on.
And this is wonderful. I would like to focus on one mother from the Old Testament. And uh, I promise that I will be short. And I'm going to try to stay focused. Great mothers make great plans. The first point what I would like, a first takeaway, what I would like to, to underline is that Jacobet, a portrait of a mother of faith. We mentioned her name, we mentioned we know that is Moses' mother. Let's see how she was able, what she did in four little steps to learn something from Jacobet. Her name is mentioned only a few times in the scripture. Yet, despite her low profile, she provides a portrait of a mother with faith. In fact, she even made it to the Hall of Fame of persons who have faith. In Hebrew, chapter 11, verse 23. We won't spend the time reading of her story described in Exodus chapter 2, but we can summarize, summarize the desperate situation in which the nation of Israel has been. Pharaoh forced the Hebrew people in slavery. And when they multiplied, he commanded the midwives to murder the newborn sons of the Hebrew woman and throw them in the Nile and watch them drown. It was during the time of a reign of terror, a reign of terror, that Jacob became pregnant with their third child, Moses. What's she going to do? She's going to submit whatever Pharaoh commanded to? She's going to kill her child? I'm afraid to ask the mothers if something comprehensible for them that their child to be killed by somebody? I think the time in which Jacobet was called to be a mother. Let's make a parallel with those times and with our times. These are challenging days to be a mother in our world. Challenging days. Though no one threatens to kill or steal our babies here in America, there are evil forces at work which threaten, threaten to drown our children. Kids might drown in the river of violence, promiscuity, that is pouring out of the TV sets, out of the internet, out of the iPhones, Androids, mass media, and even out of the educational system. It's terrible. They can drown in a sea of confusion as the lines of demarcation between right and wrong, between good and bad, are obscured, faded, blurred. They don't know what is good, what is bad. This is our educational system today. Times of terror for Jacobet in that time and for us today, for the mothers today. The wrong is a norm today. The bad become, became good. 
This is what we are facing. They can drown in a competitive culture that rewards performance above the character, above the moral life. Time of terror in 21st century. What mothers they are going to do? What we are going to do? When I would like to encourage mothers that when you are at the worst, God is at his work and he is up to do something. And thanks God that he's working. Thanks God that he's interfering in our life, in our children's life. When you have pain, mothers and grandmothers, attention. When you have pain, God has a plan. And he's working. Even if we don't see it. Many mothers, they are praying day and night. And they won't see the results. And they, they are going to die. But God has the plan. And he knows when to fulfill it. And that is wonderful. In the dangerous world in which she found herself, Jacobet stands out because she did what she could to save her child. Then, when she could do no more, she depended totally in the faithfulness of God. She was a model of faith. First takeaway, mother of faith. Dear mothers, when you are going through difficulties, when you did everything humanly possible to educate, to save your child or your children, when you prayed and prayed and prayed, when human possibilities end, ends, God's possibilities just started. Just have faith and in our Almighty God, and He can perform miracles for your child and for your children. Jacob had a courageous faith. This is the second takeaway what I would like to underline. He had faith, she had faith, but she had a courageous faith. It's a big difference in between two. First of all, Jacobet's faith was courageous. Listen what the writer of the Hebrew says about Jacobet. And how we know that she had a courageous faith. Not any other faith. By faith, Moses' parents hide him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child. And they were not afraid of the king. I would like to ask the, the young mother, for three months to hide your child in such a way that nobody knows, nobody hears. Is this a possibility? You have to have courage. You have to have faith in a God who can perform this miracle. Not for three hours, not for three days, for three months to do that. 
and not to be afraid of the king's commandment. What she would face if King Pharaoh would hear about this child. They would kill not only the child, they would kill the parents too. Jacob and her husband disobeyed the king and hide Moses for three months. That takes a lot of courage to do it. The third takeaway, what I would like to mention, Jacob had a sensible faith. Not ordinary faith, a courageous and a sensible. How we know that? After three months of hiding her baby, she made a little wicker basket and put it on the banks of an isle, of the Nile. But I want you to notice that Jacob was not careless of doing this. She placed him among the reeds along the banks of the Nile. She did not put on the Nile floating down, but she put it on the reeds of the Nile. How we know that this wasn't a dangerous place? Excepting the crocodiles and animals. But the daughter of Pharaoh, she would not go in the dangerous part of the Nile to swim. She would go only on those places in the Nile, the reeds. And Jacob has that sensible faith. And she said, I'm going to do something for my child. I'm going to do all in my power to save him. She didn't send him floating down the river and wave goodbye to him, saying, like, oh, maybe I see you something. Have a nice day, Moses. No. She had Moses' older sister stand at a distance to find out what would happen to her son. This is how we are getting to the fourth takeaway. Jacobet, faith was rewarded. Mothers, if you have a difficult situation, grandmothers, if you don't see end of the problems with your grandson or granddaughter, never give up. Never say, that's it, I can't do no more. Isn't that wonderful that God is listening to the mother's prayer? Sees her courage. Sees her faith, her sensitive faith. Sees her every single step, what she's doing to save her child. And God is rewarding. The daughter of Pharaoh saved Moses' life. She had pity on him. Surely, we can see God's hand in all of this. Pharaoh chose as instrument of death. The Nile River became the instrument through which Moses was saved. Such a wonderful God what we have. In conclusion... Your ultimate goal and purpose is to foster a courageous, sensible faith in your child. This faith in God will promote in them a real love for God. Spirit of Prophecy, Adventist Home.
He sees and knows your children's deepest need for salvation and to accomplish it to the work of Jesus. Don't worry. Don't be afraid, mothers. It's not all up to you. God is partnering with you, working with you, in you and through you for your child's eternal life. I would like to close with one quotation. God's sincere desire for your children is their salvation. He promises that he will never forget them nor forsake them, ever. He will fight for their freedom and for their opportunity to receive eternal life. You can place your faith in God's power. Take courage. God is in your side. God hears your prayers. God loves your children as much as you do and some more. And he will reward you and your faith in God. Amen. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for the wonderful gift that you gave to the humanity, the mothers. We want to honor them and we want to ask them to help and to love their children and to help us, God, to honor our mothers, our wives, and to realize that through them, you are working for our eternal life, our children's eternal life. Please help them through your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.